Let us pray together. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. I ask your blessings to be upon your people today, wherever they may be, um, in their homes, uh, with families. Uh, Father, at this time of crisis, uh, we want to be encouraged by the word of God this morning. And we ask that your Holy Spirit would take that. We thank you, Father, for it. It gives us strength. It encourages us. It uh, helps us to get through. And for that, we give you thanks. So bless today. May your word uh, go out and not return to yourself void, as the scriptures say, but accomplish all the purposes that it had been intended for. We just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, to think a month ago, my life was, for the most part, normal. I got up in the morning, I exercised, breakfast, devotions with the Lord, showered and dressed and out the door to church or early breakfast meetings. I was looking forward to midweek Lenten services and having supper with friends at their home or uh, some restaurant. The coronavirus was something that was over there, like locust infestations in Sudan or Pakistan, like, like earthquakes in Indonesia, like wildfires and drought in Australia. Nothing more than global inconveniences. I mean, who cares about Wuhan, China? Except we have friends who live in Beijing, who were in Taiwan at the time, now trying to get back home, almost impossible, getting home and having to be self-quarantined for two weeks, depending on family, friends, leaving food outside of their front door. Who cares about Wuhan, China? Well, except that we have friends in Italy, your new missionaries, David and Emily Satola, and their three kids. Well, first there was no school, then no travel, then, well, you can have church, but you can have it in the park, then no church at all, then self-quarantine for two weeks. Who cares about Wuhan, China? Except we have friends in Lebanon your new missionaries, Alan and Helena, and their three children. Lebanon is on the brink of a civil war, and now this virus has hit. There's very little food. There's very little medical treatment facilities, travel restrictions. They probably couldn't get back home if they wanted to. Who cares about Wuhan, China? Well, I can say I do. Now, I mean, because it's affecting people around the world who I love and I pray for, but it, it still isn't affecting me personally. You see, I can still have confidence in God for someone else. See, that's pretty easy. So in my emails, I can very quickly say, hey, we're praying for you. Who cares what happens in Wuhan, China? Well, today I give this sermon to an empty church with the hopes of trying to encourage some of you today. Why? Well, because something half around, halfway around the world has now impacted us. Because many are scared, because many are wondering, how do we get through this time of crisis? And from a scriptural perspective and a Christian perspective, how do we respond differently as followers of Jesus? 
And out of love for each other in our community, you sit in your homes or at your computers or phones or you're listening by CD to this message. It's a wake-up call for all. Who cares what happens in Wuhan, China? Well, I guarantee we all will from now on. You see, there's a new normal. But this isn't a message about the world crisis. It's not a message about a virus. It's a message about an almighty, powerful God who created the world, who's using this pandemic for His divine purposes. To bring people to Jesus, to glorify Himself, to remind His people of His power and His greatness, to remind us not to fear, but to trust, to To be able to say in a real and very personal way that I, that you, have a holy confidence in the Lord. I would have you turn your attention to Psalm 46 this morning. The great Baptist preacher Charles Haddon Spurgeon called this the song of holy confidence. It's also known as Luther's psalm, for it was said that when a time of crisis came his way, He would call all of his friends and family and his church to gather together to sing this song. So if you have your Bibles, would you open with me please to Psalm 46 to look at the first confidence that we have in verses 1 through 3. Psalm 46, verse 1. For the director of music of the sons of Korah, according to Alamoth, a song. God is our refuge and strength an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. God is our refuge. He is the place to run to. He's the place of security. It's not in the medical profession, although they are a blessing. It's not in our friends although they are of great support. It's not to your pastor, although his heart is to help. We are to run to God and to God alone, for he knows the end from the beginning. You see, the virus did not take God by surprise. The mass panic and fear did not take God by surprise. Even death did not take God by surprise. He's ever-present He did not go on vacation when this happened. He didn't wander off into a far away galaxy and neglect to care for us. Now the Hebrew is a bit stilted with these two words. It literally means that God is a very certain help. Or it could mean that God is a well-proven help in times of trouble. You see, the problem, church, is not understanding the character of God. It's convincing ourselves of its truthfulness. Confidence is about a life history, a tried and true relationship. It's citing those times when God was with us in the past, when he brought us through. It's remembering his faithfulness. Do I have that with God? Do I have a holy confidence in him that he is indeed my refuge and my strength an ever-present, well-proven help in times of trouble? If that is true, then verse 2 is your possession. I will not fear. We will not fear. 
Just like we were admonished to choose joy a few sermons ago, I am choosing not to be afraid. Although that which seems to be the most constant in my life gets upended, those things that are mountains, those great seas, I will choose not to be afraid. When others are panicking and fighting over toilet paper and buying the entire shelf of spaghetti, I will not fear. Well, personally, because very few people eat the gluten-free stuff anyway. God is shaking that which can be shaken so that that which is left will be solid, eternal, will be of Him. I choose not to be afraid because I am convinced that God is my refuge and strength and ever-present help in times of trouble. Can you say that with me today? Can you be reminded of the great truth today that God is our refuge and our strength and put that in practice in your daily lives? Contrast the trusting and the fighting that's apparent in verses 4 through 6. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her, she will not fall. God is with her at break of day. Nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. So for the Jewish person, the holy place would have been Jerusalem. The river would have been the Jordan and the underground streams that fed the pool of Salome and Bethesda. They were life to the city when enemies surrounded them. There is peace there for God is providing. It's just another image that teaches us where the presence of the Lord is. There is calm. In contrast, the nations are in an uproar. All around them is chaos and they fall under God's mighty hand. In the midst of chaos, I will choose to be calm, knowing that God is with me, that the river of God, the river of peace or provision flows out of me through the presence of the Holy Spirit. And notice the declaration that comes to us in verse 7. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. This is actually where Martin Luther found the inspiration to write, A mighty fortress is our God. And now notice the invitation in verses 8 and 9. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought upon the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. God has the power and the ability to bring order out of this chaos. He has the power to remove this virus He has the power to reestablish all of the financial markets. He has the power to establish peace and confidence. He's done this before and he can do it again. Therefore, verse 10, he says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. There's a purpose in this pandemic, church. It is for people to know who the God of creation is. It is for the one true God to be exalted among the nations and exalted in the earth. For people to come back to their originally created purpose. 
to be worshipers of the one true God. There's a purpose in this pandemic. It's for the church to be still, be settled in the midst of the chaos and remember that he is God. He is in control no matter what goes on around us. It is for us to lead the way in exalting the Lord among the nations, among our nation, among our state and our county. It's to lead the way in our boroughs and neighborhoods. It is to sing a song of holy confidence, to be still in our homes, to lead our own families. Verse 11, the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So my church family, today I want you to settle some issues with me this morning. I want you to say them out loud as a declarative. First, settle this issue with God today. God, you are my refuge and my strength. In times of trouble, you are my ever-present, my well-proven help. Therefore, I will not fear. I choose not to fear, but to trust in you. Second, settle the issue with God today. I'm going to choose to be calm today and allow the river of life to flow from me into others who do not know you as Lord and Savior, to others who are weak in their faith, I am going to choose to be calm for them today and ask you to flow out of me into them today. Three, settle the issue with God today. I'm going to be still and seek to know God at a deeper level because of this crisis I will spend more time in the Word of God. I will spend more time in prayer, hearing your voice. And fourth, the last, settle the issue with God today. The Lord is with me. The Lord is with us as His children. He is our mighty fortress. A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. Our helper, he amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. For still our ancient foe doth seek to work us woe. His craft and power are great and armed with cruel hate. On earth is not his equal. Did we in our own strength confide our striving would be losing we're not the right man on our side, the man of God's own choosing. Dost ask who that may be? Christ Jesus, it is he. Lord Sabaoth, his name, from age to age the same. And he must win the battle. And though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, we will not fear, for God hath willed his truth to triumph through us. The prince of darkness grim, we tremble not for him. His rage we can endure, for lo, his doom is sure. One little word shall fell him. That word above all earthly powers, no thanks to them abideth. The spirit and the gifts are ours through him who with us sideth. Let goods and kindred go, 
this mortal life also, the body they may kill, God's truth abideth still. His kingdom is forever. Let us pray. Father, thank you for the word of encouragement today. And I pray that the things that we have declared, these truths that the word of God has given to us would find a, a deep-seated place that we would indeed have a confidence in a world that seems to be in chaos. Give us strength, give us wisdom, give us a word, give us revelation from your word to help us to be calm, to be still. And for that, we give you thanks. Thank you for the song of Martin Luther today, that you are a mighty fortress and that we can take refuge in you and find strength. Father, I pray for our church family. I ask, uh, Father, that you would give them strength of body, that you would keep this illness, this sickness, this virus away from all of our church family, but not only ourselves, but the other churches in the area in Berks County. Build a hedge upon us, Father. Let us be the land of Goshen in the midst of Egypt when the plagues came upon us. Be with us, Father, in our minds. Give us the mind of Christ who did not panic but understood the providence and the plan of God and walked obediently in and through it. And be with us, Father, in our presence. Your presence be with us. Let us know that you're near, Father, today. Father, we pray um, for the wonderful provision that you've given to us, the prayer that we all pray together, that unites us as we pray, even in absence with each other. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day, Father, our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Father, may we know your peace. May we know your presence. And we thank you in advance for all your provisions that you'll be giving us in these next few weeks. Bless your people today, especially in our absence one with another. In Jesus' name, amen.